0: Here we go, another round of the Burritos, Breaks, and Flies podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Pyramid Flyco's Cole Hildall. Cole is a young up-and-coming guide, definitely a hot shot, definitely showing himself as a top gun out there, gets on the big fish, shows people how to have a good time, and does it day after day after day. So you're going to enjoy this one, learning a little bit more about him and what makes him tick and where he came from. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sims Fishing, Rio Products, and of course Pyramid Flyco. So sit back and enjoy this episode with Cole Hildall. Welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. We're sitting here at the compound, just right outside Pyramid Lake Lodge in the secret headquarters of Pyramid Fly Co. And I'm sitting here with the one and only Cole Hildahl.
1: How's it going? There he is.
0: <laughs> and I said your last name right. Yes.
1: Yeah. A lot of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously as I just found out, I was calling him. Hildale, no. and you got some. See, he's mad. He's Hildall, Hildall. <laughs> so, just there it is, Cole Hildall. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, you're number three in the lineup. How do you feel about that?
1: It is what it is. It is what
0: it is. I'm
1: the newest guy. Right, to the best team, for last, so. right? Yes, sir.
0: Best for last. <laughs> <laughs> and you are the newest guy. Yep. Yeah. So, how long have you been guiding with this Pyramid Mike? This is my health? second year. Second on year,
1: Yeah.
0: Second year. And how old are you? I'm 22. That's ridiculous. Like, you could literally be my kid. <laughs> yeah. 22. And you don't see that often. You don't see 22-year-olds working at the level that you're working here.
1: Right.
0: And, and on top of that, in a world-class fishery. Absolutely. He, right? you got the world's largest cutthroat trout. I mean, yep. literally almost sitting out the door.
1: You could walk to it.
0: You could walk to it. <laughs> he could. Yeah, you can walk to it, literally. So... With that being said, like how, like how did you end up here, 22 years old? There's so many other things you could be doing. Right. Yeah. I
1: was uh, born and raised in Reno, Nevada, mm-hmm. and I grew up hunting and fishing with my dad since out of di- diapers practically. huh. Started probably fishing out here with my dad, probably six or seven years old.
0: Okay, so you got a lot of years out here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's been fun, but I just started like hardcore fishing this lake probably seven years ago.
0: Seven years. Yeah, I mean that's a long time though. Right. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the amount of time that you spend out here. I know the amount of time that you spend out here as a guide, right? And just in one season, you'll have holy smokes! I mean, how many days on the water? I just mean, just guiding. I mean, at least what? Just,
1: I mean, over 120. Yeah. Right. You know, and yeah, like, and when like when I was in high school, coming out here every weekend back in the day. Spend a lot of time on the water.
0: Right, right, and then that doesn't even that, that those 120 days don't even include the time that you're out just scouting, right. checking out new water. F- free
1: time, free I mean, time. I'm, and I just moved out here full time to the lake with my girlfriend. Yeah, got a little fifth wheel, and we're living out here full time. And on my days off, I'm fishing.
0: <laughs> Is there anything really little about a fifth wheel? Not really. It's right. a big fifth wheel. Okay. all right. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm gonna say. laughs> I haven't seen like the little fifth wheel, <laughs> yeah. But that's quite the commitment, you know, And especially at your age, yeah. And that shows the degree of seriousness in which you take, you know, your your job, your profession, yeah. You know, your chosen field, and one hell of a field, you know, because it's, it's definitely beyond. It's definitely beyond just sitting somebody down or standing somebody up and saying cast this way. Right. Right. So and and again, I keep emphasizing on the age of be your age and be able to instruct people that are potentially, you know, younger than you and a majority of them are older than you that maybe have been fishing for 20, 30 years. Yeah. But they're coming out here as for, for the most part, most people are coming out here as students. Mhm. You know. And a lot
1: of, we get a lot of newcomers too.
0: Mhm. A lot of newcomers. So I think what's interesting is that you're, you know, you're, you seem really comfortable in helping people. Yeah. Like I don't see you having any difficulties in, you know, approaching any type of angler and saying, right. "Hey, man, this is how it's done," or "Hey, lady, this is how it's done," or "Hey, kid, this is how it's done." There's a and, couple
1: hard heads, but most of them oh, are sure. willing to learn and yeah. have a great time.
0: I think they get over it pretty quick once, once you get them on a fish. Absolutely. And I've noticed you kind of have the. Uh, You got the reputation of getting on big fish Mm -hmm. I don't know why I don't know (laughs) why no I can make fun of you on that one but no no I'm just kidding no but no you, you have a tendency to catch great fish whether it's you or it's your clients you know being in the right spot the right time and it all amounts to luck right but but what is luck though I mean it's I mean it's
1: more about confidence sure is what I would say right and just really just having a good time out on the water
0: right right you
1: know if you're that one client that comes out here to catch a big fish and that's all you want it's probably not going to happen right just come out relax and have a good time and confidence is key
0: right right well and then i mentioned the luck thing you know what they say about luck it's it's preparedness meeting opportunity right equals luck so you have the preparedness part you got everything that they need Everything they need for the day. So yep. if you're coming out for a guide trip out here, if they don't have it, you have it. You yes, need, we need, literally
1: need, have everything.
0: I need waders you need boots. We, you have jackets, right? Rods,
1: reels, ladders,
0: everything. Flies, right. food. Blind, food. food, food, covers, yeah. food, food, <laughs> food, <Yep. laughs> and food. You got everything. So there's your preparedness. The opportunity is all out there. So that's I know you spend your extra time looking for that opportunity. You know where when you're off a trip or you have an off day it's not necessarily an off day for you because you're like man you know maybe this spot wasn't fishing as hot as i want to where else could i go so you you have you have the ability the experience and the knowledge for all the time that you spent out here you know like with your dad and and yourself Mm -hmm. like hey where do i go this time of year where do i think they're going to be and whatnot so there's the opportunity and then client comes out wow you had good luck (laughs) you know you know so that's pretty awesome. I, I I like that a lot. And you've been you've been just to backtrack a little bit on your fishing experience. I remember years ago, like you were blowing up the Truckee River. Yeah, yeah. And like people would talk about you. Hey, who's that kid? Because you're smoking just big fish out there. Anytime you pull up a picture, there's coal, You know, it was mainly like I've seen you just, you know, with the Browns. Yeah, which was.
1: Now back in the day, I used to fish the Truckee quite a bit, mm-hmm. but once I started, you know, exploring other places, yeah. finding places I like to fish more. Mm-hmm. Cuz the Truckee can be pretty tough. Yeah. You know, definitely.
0: Well, it's notoriously a hard fishery, yeah. but it it does coincide with Pyramid Lake cuz Pyramid Lake itself is not an easy fishery. No there can be great days we all know that yeah there can be days where you're just like i don't know this beach and, yeah. and then you're it's just it's just blowing up you're just like what the hell
1: some days it doesn't matter what you're throwing how you're throwing it what right. you're using right you'll catch fish but on the tough days you gotta kind of know where those fish are going to be at what time right and what technique to use
0: right and that's not the easy thing to do right because anybody could come out here with you, you can outfit somebody with everything that they need you can outfit somebody with you know maybe even approximate depth hey they're fishing the fish are hitting between here and here but and they and they like and they they're tending towards these colors here but you can't just go anywhere on the lake and do that like a
1: lot of people i hear it's fishing the indicator nine feet down well every every beach is different
2: every beach is different
1: you could be fishing the beach that you're casting into six feet of water but you're fishing nine feet under your indicator Mm -hmm. you're fishing on the bottom you're not even fishing
0: you're fishing on the bottom you're fishing on the bottom and i think the other thing too is like even like with like right now because right now we're we're mid-february literally like mid-february and the midge bite is great yeah right and but the thing is in my experience and this is rhetorical you know this too but it's like with with different beaches color a might be working at beach a
1: yeah
0: but color A, take it to beach B,
1: and what? a lot of that irrelevant. Has and like <laughs> depending on the beach, on a windy day, not windy day, mm-hmm. you know, some beaches could be getting wind blown, pushing up some mud. Mm-hmm. So you might want to, you know, size up your fly or put on a little brighter of a bead on your midge, or yeah, there's a lot of
0: or fish up here, not down right. here. Yeah,
1: It could be frozen in <laughs> the middle of the water column.
0: Right, you right. You just got
1: to always switch it up. Right. Find with the fish.
0: Right. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a bowl of soup. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're not going to see what's at the bottom. But, like, I tell I tell people, like, hey, well, if it's super muddy, nasty, whatever, and you can't get to the edge of like, a mud line or something, you fish higher. Because you can always see the cracker on top of the soup, right? Right.
1: And
0: that's it, what the fish are kind of doing sometimes.
1: Yeah. And it depends where mm. you're at, obviously. I always like to say it's always better to be above the fish mm. under your indicator. The fish are always looking up.
0: Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And most of the time, they're always under your bobber. Yeah. That's why I like to tell people... Yeah. Right? Yeah, I've, heard say, I've heard you say, i I know, know Trevor says that too a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they're right under your bobber.
1: But like generally, the fish are cruising mm. right on right on the bottom, generally. Mm. Not every day. Yeah. But then they're looking up, so you ideally want to be, you know, two or three feet off the bottom. Right. In most cases, depending on the day.
0: Right, right. And how, and as a guide, how do you know where the bottom is? Like in general, like for you? Like, yeah.
1: I mean, there's a lot of different ways. You're talking about like depth. Yeah. Depends. There's a lot of different ways to find that depth. Mm-hmm. You know, there's these new, you know, castable fish finders. Mm-hmm. that work great. It's a great thing to have in your bag of tricks. And another way is just attaching your hemostats or, you know, these weighted uh, little weights and they have a little rubber thing. You just plop it on the bo- your bottom fly. And then you, you know, say you're set from your indicator to your bottom fly, say, seven feet. And you kind of just lob it out there. And if it sinks, if you're that, your hemostats sink your indicator, you know, three feet under the bottom, you're in the zone. Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. There you go. And I was going to say another way to do it, and I was kind of leading into this, is, is preseason. Well, let me say preseason. Early season. You're spending a lot of time in the watermasters. masters hmm And you have fish finders. Yes. And a lot of these... Now you are I know there's certain beaches that that you fish early season, however, on those beaches, there's one thing that you're doing you're you're getting in the water master near the shoreline, you're turning your fish finder on, yep. and you're like, "Oh, here I'm at beach a I won't name a beach <laughs> we're yeah. at beach a oh look, it's man, it's only eight feet deep for like freaking sixty feet out oh yeah, man, then it drops here, and then when you start moving, I notice that from north to right. south you, and
1: that's another thing like pick it up like in the early season we're you know we're in the tubes pretty much that whole month of october when the lake opens and you really get to figure out what the bottom looks like because you that's something you can't really do from the shore obviously yeah,
0: yeah. well like for example one day I came out with you what was it and it was like november it was like the tail end of like we're on that verge of like getting out of the water masters but there's yeah. still like some hope you know right. for the jig bite i remember we went to pelican yeah and you went like yeah you went like you're like way out way out
1: way out
0: way out and then i'm way in and i'm like i'm like well i think he's gonna go out there so if he starts hooking up
1: and I'll, I'll, meet, use- I'll meet i'll
0: meet you out there but if i start hooking up here but in that in that session what i did was like i wasn't hooking up right. i was seeing some fish but then what i did i spent that time going up and down those rocks like. Well, the wind would help me go one way. <laughs> but yeah. then I, I could scan the bottom, and then I see where the drops are. I see where it shelves off. Mm-hmm. And then I get closer to rock piles and I'd be like, okay, where does it drop? What's the depth? Which is great, because now I go to Pelican this season and be like, oh, I know where that's at and that's at. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, I get casted as far as... I was. As far as I can cast out, I know it's probably sitting at 10 feet. As far as I can cast out. Yeah. So where do I set myself? You know, where's the bottom? like that
1: same day, you know, I even kind of marked out by the shore, you know, for later season, like when I'm going to be fishing off the rocks. Uh And there's a big difference. I could see what side of the rock is deeper, Mm -hmm. you know, like my perspective from later in the season when I'm fishing off that rock from shore. Yeah. I know the right side is going to be deeper than the left side of that one, you know, it's. 20 foot area you know in your casting zone
0: right and that's all imperative and important stuff because this lake is 100 100 different than it was last season yeah because totally. we lost four five six feet
1: vertical, vertical. for of water
0: right so that's a lot of water right so if, if you're an occasional angler out here and let's say maybe your last trip out to pyramid was last spring so in your head you're like, man, I was so successful at this beach and this beach, and you go back to that beach. Well, your your beach or your yeah. rocks or whatever they're, they're different. Yeah, they're much yeah, different. ledge
1: changed, or one hundred percent. Yeah,
0: and 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 beaches that weren't super super productive last year, this year they're cranking. You're just like, man, I'm getting way more, and it's like, well, yeah, there's a reason for that. You know, maybe you're closer to a ledge, or maybe like you know that underwater topography based off that water level is a little bit more conducive for holding fish you know totally
1: you know like there's beaches last year i barely even fished but this year we did pretty good at them because of that change in water level
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's it's crazy it changes everything remember like just changes your focus from north to south and on where you go and yep I, i came with the perception like but this year i'm like man i'm gonna hit south hard it wasn't really Cracking off. I mean, it, yeah. it did. I mean, they were there, but it, it proved to be kind of like in foresight. You're like, it could be good, but if it's not, I know why. Yeah. You know, and then but then you see these new structures, which is which is cool. Like on South Beaches, you saw new underwater features that you didn't see the year before. You're like, oh man, I didn't realize there was rocks there, and that's where I was potentially fishing last year. But yeah. I wonder what's beyond that. You know, and so it changes everything. So yeah, I got to be very aware of that. Um, you mentioned the wind playing a part. Now, wow. that's interesting. Explain that maybe a little bit to to, to the listeners. Like how, in your in your in your eyes, in your head, you know how how a wind direction can completely change a beach.
1: It totally can in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like especially on the sandy beaches, you know, that time and time again, you know, day after day, that wind blowing in there, it could potentially change where the ledge is. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, make, a, make it muddy in there. Mm-hmm. And that can be pretty good some days. Right. Because that east, you know, wind right at your face is pretty tough to cast in. Mm-hmm. But it could also push a lot of food and, mm-hmm. and, you know, bait fish into that shallow water right on the ledge.
0: And those are things to take in consideration. A common perception with uh, the recreational angler out here is, oh, it's going to be stormy. And there's going to be wind, it's probably going to be good. But you and I both know that...
1: It's not always true. It's not always but. true.
0: Sometimes it could be complete garbage because it's right. the, the way the storm's blowing. I mean, which right. way is it blowing? Which where's direction? It, which direction? Why? Um, is it coming out of the north? It's coming out of the northeast, northwest, southeast, wow. southwest. And all those play factors. And it, I know it plays factors in my head where I come out and I'm like, Oh, where's the wind coming? Oh, it's coming out of the southeast. I know where to go. Southwest? Right. Well, I'm not going in that place. Totally. You know, you know what I mean? And
1: every day. The night before, I'm, what's the wind direction? And, mm-hmm. and that's going to, some days, determine where I'm going to go the next morning, the wind direction. Yeah.
0: Really. And, and sometimes, I know this from working with you guys, is that night before, that night before forecast can be completely different when you walk totally. out that door in the morning.
1: Absolutely. I swear this, like, this lake has its own weather system. Because mm-hmm. like this morning it was calling for five mile an hour wind Uh and they get out on the water and it's blowing like 15 white capping over our ladders it's like okay we're not fishing here you know we got to move
0: right right yeah that's just that's just part of the game it it is i mean plain fact and in some circumstances you work with that uh it might not be feasible to move sometimes you're like well this wind sucks so much regardless i know where we're gonna move it's gonna suck so let's tough it out here and sometimes right. when you tough it out though sometimes like you said <laughs> it changes like all of a sudden you could have that yeah. <clears throat> you could have that white cap condition for a while but then all of a sudden an hour later it sits Flattens down out. it sits down yeah. you know and everything settles down and the fish are like oh holy crap and all of a sudden yeah. boom you know things are happening which <laughs> it's crazy yeah uh how about this I keep hearing this. and I, I know it's preached, but um, the fish locating the fish basically don't move away from the fish.
1: Yeah. Don't don't move to find fish. Right. Don't leave fish to find fish. Don't leave fish to find <laughs> fish. I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. And, and that's a thing. It is a lake. It's not a river. You know, a river you can walk a beat on that river, and you could look at features in that river and you're like there's a rock there's an eddy there's there's a pool you know there's ripples blah 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 and you know to work those and you know how to beat those up and you're like i know there's fish in there but if there isn't you move to the next next feature next feature but the lake's different the lake does have features but the water's not moving like river there is a current don't get me wrong some days
1: there's a gnarly current
0: sometimes there is a river like current in here it can move at a pretty fascinating clip that you would never never suspect that it could move at but the fish move differently here mm-hmm. you know it's like that toilet bowl effect right they're moving left they move moving right
1: they're just going in circles pretty much
0: going in <laughs> circles so that's the whole concept i think is basically when you when you hold your ground when you know when you know hey i know the fish are cruising at these depths period doesn't yeah. matter where they're on the lake they're cruising this depth somewhere so it, it usually pays off the whole hold ground absolutely yeah f-
1: you know when the fish come the fish are just going in circles they're going in s- schools of fish and when they roll through mm-hmm. you're just waiting them for, de- for them to come in
0: right right and here's another fascinating thing about the lake and i think it in some ways makes it different than river fishing is sometimes in river fishing you can target uh <clears throat> I'll get beat up on this a little bit but you can target you can target sizes of fish You're like man i want you know i want to go for a chunkier fish i'm going to throw streamers right. i'm going to throw this yeah. i'm going to throw a chunkier bug or whatever yeah. um and, and that's not always the case on a river but, but yeah. you, you, you kind of you, you know what your target zone mm-hmm. is i don't know if i'm throwing this size bug i'm going to result in this size fish probably here it's the craziest thing people ask you like how do you catch a big fish it, it, it doesn't matter
1: it's pretty much weeding through the little ones
0: it is weeding through the little ones you know I mean and it, it's crazy on what like on the midge sizes I mean I won't, I won't take a deep dive on the midge sizes but, but I've,
1: I've caught an 18 pound trout out here on a size 16 18 midge
0: mm-hmm. you know which is nuts yeah which is nuts I mean how do they see that like why like why are they wasting their time on that they're not. It's a rhetorical question because I mean it's an abundant food source. Right. We, we know the bait fish, like this time of year, are still scattered, and they'll be scattered for a while. And it's easy pickings, right? They see these clouds of, they see these clouds of uh, midges, you know, and they're like, wow, and they just open their mouth and boop, no. boop 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 boop, yeah, cruise through.
1: And this lake's also, these fish are pretty weird when mm-hmm. you compare this lake to other fisheries. Mm. Like you know, like for example, the flies we use, you know, when you're stripping you know everyone's here to the popcorn beetle oh yeah you know weird fly you're not really That's weird. you're not really fishing that anywhere else you know not but, really and the midges we use you know you generally Prim lake you're using possibly you know a size six eight midge i rarely go that big but people do and they catch fish out here on them yeah but you know the midges that are actually in this lake are pretty dang small we mm-hmm. have pumped fish out here I probably haven't seen an actual midge out here over you know maybe a 14 wow they're pretty little right but they just they like I they love the bigger flies right you know they're just kind of a, it's weird fishery
0: right well it stands out a little bit you know it's right. like one of those it's
1: like in more of like an attractor patterns and stuff like that
0: yeah no absolutely and some with some of the colors that you're using at pyramid Flyco I won't divulge them. I know they're guide secrets, but <laughs> but some of the colors are interesting. Yeah. Right? Some some of the colors, all, abs- sorts. all sorts, some of them absolutely mimic the life cycles of bridges. Right. A lot yeah. of them do. Yeah. Like 100%, totally. you're like, man, this is. I could use this here. I could take it to British Columbia. Mm-hmm. I could take it to Utah. I could take it to Montana and Stillwater and have success with that color because, you know, that, that cor- the coronamids in general, you know, oh. all these Western states, we, we're sharing all the same species of um, of chironomids you know and the life cycles are similar as you know as far as mm-hmm. how they evolve and how they evolve in their colors as they move through the water column yep um, but here yeah you got that little bit different and it's 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 funny you say that like when you size up at the right time you know your, your offering is just different than what's in the water maybe it's the same that colors right, right. obviously you figure that yeah, out but that's it's definitely going to be butt. bigger
1: the, yeah. color,
0: the color variations it's like you look at streamer fishing and you're like man because you can on the streamer fishing you're you're honing in on their um andronomous um habits of like attacking bait fish and go mm-hmm. going to eat other fish eat other fish and they see something move they feel something move and they go for it and oh, you know certain but,
1: times a year out here it can be the same thing with streamers you know
0: well yeah but Sometimes I'm saying but year. like with the but midge yeah a yeah, midge right. is a little bit more exact because they're, they're yeah. cruising just I mean they're literally they're not charging they're just like doop no. doop doop and no. they look Oh, what's that? What's that color? Well, maybe I'll eat it. Yeah. You know, and then you just watch that bobber just go, and you're like, what the? Like, are you serious? Like, you can see that? Like, this lake is huge. And you got this yeah. little little thing.
1: Right. Tiny and catch thing. 20 plus pound trout on it. Right. It's pretty cool.
0: Right. Right. It's ridiculous. It's just like un- unbelievable, you know. But with that being said, though, I know you guys, you try to tend to, you, no wimpy hooks
1: no on that stuff you can't.
0: right <laughs> so you got to go a little bit beefier on the hooks you can't. and there's a lot of directions you can go i know you guys have your preferences but you definitely have to go beefier on the hooks definitely. because that's one mistake that a lot of people make they're like oh man if i'm going down to these really small sizes it's easy to get the wrong hook totally because yeah. and well, you'll
1: for sure bend out especially you know on the heavier rods we use you know six to eight weights you're definitely bending those little hooks out
0: you'll bend them out and you could tell on the vice too and that's that's one piece of advice i mean there there is patterns out there made by multiple manufacturers um i, I mean i'll give you one him, like we do use a lot of Daiichi hooks a lot
1: of Daiichis. Lot like of- my favorite mid hooks is going to be the 1760s 1760s
0: and there's other things you can use. I know people are yeah, fans of other things. I like hanks
1: are good, a rexes. Mm-hmm.
0: They're all yeah. good, um, but it's easy to tell. Like if you are a fly tire and you're like, man, I want to try some of these smaller sizes, and you get like the 12s, 14s, 16s, and Make stuff sure like that. <laughs> Make sure they're heavy. But like when you have in the vice, if you have that hook in the vice and you're tying on it and you get bend like that back and forth like as you're as you're wrapping it and you get the back and forth you're like you're like dude like i don't know if i could catch like a 12 inch fish on this like that's its limit like you're like dude i'm catching you know freaking butterfish you know stalkers with that little hook i mean i mean you can challenge yourself i guess to see if you can (laughs) do it i mean see how long you can keep it on
1: go with a five weight (laughs) fight it for a long time but
0: fight it for a long time Um, (laughs) worth it and then typically, and typically, what are you looking at as far as, like, leader setups and stuff? Um, without getting too in the weeds on that, I mean, what are we looking at? 8 pound, 10 pound, for, 12 pounds for, like, for midges? S-
1: for stripping, mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. either go with 15 or 12 mm-hmm. for my stripping rod. And then for my indicator, I'll fish my leader it'll 10 or 8 pound yeah. is what I stick to. Nice Occasionally 12 But rare, very rarely
0: Interesting Interesting And then all the rods I mean as far as Like on the Indicator size Indicator side All switch rods All switch rods I mean I'm looking at it No it's yeah. all switch rods No
1: no single hand rods For the indicator
0: No single hand rods floating ones, Except for me
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you got this freaking ten foot six single hand rod. Yeah, it's right between. It's right
0: between. It doesn't know where where it belongs. Yeah. It's awesome. though. It's fun, yeah. dude. It's a blast. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so you got that. You got that eleven, eleven foot three, eleven foot six range on the switch rods. Yeah. Um.
1: It's either six or seven weight mainly. Six it, or seven weight. I don't think we really have any eight weight switch rods. No. Because with the switch rods, you can get away with a six weight rod, no problem. hmm No problem.
0: Right, and then. With that you're coupling with the lines, all the lines we use. We've got the Rio Chucker. Yep. That's all. With with mouth tips. Yep. Mo tips, mouth tips, mo tips. I know, I know Alex What's will hear right this way? and be like, Yeah, I always forget. I a- call them mouth tips. M O W. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy mouth tips. And what that does and what that does, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, one we're extending the head length of that yep. of that chucker line. Mm-hmm. And then also it gives us more ability if we are fighting wind. It gives us a little bit more drainage to get yep. through the wind. Correct. And then and then a majority of these shelves out here cuz we're not we're not necessarily short casting the chucker line by itself will work great on like a river environment where we have you know maybe shorter throws we're we're in closer to the fish and then we have the water working with us mm-hmm. the pool lines out here we don't have the water necessarily pulling lines for no. us And some of these shelves are crazy like like oh. this this spot down here which we'll leave it unnamed but the one down here <laughs> You got. You have a long. We have a long shelf, and it's crazy because and, you have to get
1: right. Some spots don't really have like a significant ledge. Mm-hmm. A lot of the you know the spots during the, you know I'll give an example this you know the north nets or the south nets yeah. they don't really have they have a little bit of a ledge mm-hmm. but you know one or two feet maybe yeah so you're you the further you're out generally the better
0: right right know? so it's not unheard of to have to do. Um, you know, an eighty-foot roll cast or whatnot. I you mean, get out so, there, sometimes some days, that's
1: that's where the fish are at,
0: which makes an exciting hook set.
1: Yeah, it makes it tougher for sure. <laughs> Got a like, lot of line out.
0: That's a lot, whole, whole whole added challenge. So let's let's take a step back and, and talk a little bit about the guide life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about all the fun stuff out here. Let's talk about the work side of it. So let's give an example of we're literally we've stepped into. The hot season, like from this day forward, in mid-February, oh, yeah. you're pretty much almost a hundred percent committed. Almost every day, to the, gu- end to April, to the end of April. To the end of April, guiding. Yeah, That's, like every day. Uh, yeah, so like I'm seeing you right now. You're gonna look a lot different in April. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're Not gonna look as awake <laughs> yeah. and happy, probably, but in a good way. Yeah. So exp- maybe explain to the listener what a day is like for you how does it start what time does it start let's say let's say you know it's first week in march fish are popping you know all day and you got you know you got four or five clients coming out what does that look like what happens when your eyes open up what happens
1: it just depends on you know what day of week obviously the weekends are going to be more crowded mm-hmm. and especially once that spawn starts hitting you know getting that spot right is important spot. so
0: and that has to be tough as a guide service yeah. because it's not like you and your buddy like bro let's get up early and go sit on the beach you have to defeat that like you have to find your way into the crowd of the recreational anglers to make sure we get yeah. you get your clients on the water right you know so what does that like how early do you have to get out there sometimes to secure that spot i mean sometimes pretty early like on a weekend like for example b- busy weekend,
1: weekend you better be up you know some you know by 4 o'clock at least, mm-hmm. you know, down there on the water.
0: So that means you, you're you getting up at least by 3.
1: Yeah, some days earlier. Just know, to get down there. Just to get down there. Right. Then, you know, I'll go sit down by the ladders, obviously not putting them in the water yet. Right. And most of the time I'll buy a camping permit since it's not fishing hours yet. And then I'll have my clients meet me, you know, an hour before sunrise at the spot. I'll send them a pin and they meet me there. Mm-hmm. And then if they need waiters, we'll waiter them up. And then get on the water. Hmm. Start teaching them how to... Usually, most people pick it up pretty quick, especially with the switch rods. Right. Roll casting. Right, right. And then start netting fish is my part. Start netting (laughs) fish,
0: huh? Yeah. I like that. On a good
1: day. You know, (laughs) every every day is not, you know, on fire.
0: Right, right, (laughs) right. And then you're breaking. so, I mean, in the course of that, you know, you're doing your thing, right? You know, let's... let's, If you don't know how to roll cast, or if you do, hey, let's get you... Let's get you dialed in, show you how we do it, Mm -hmm. you know and show you the most effective way to get out there and know, oh, hey, you're doing this incorrect or that incorrect, let's fix it. It doesn't take too long for you to get them dialed in for the most no, part. No,
1: most people pick it up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But it's the people that have the hardest time have are people that have never used a switch rod mm-hmm. and have fished a lot because mm-hmm. it's hard to, you know, bad habits. Break bad they habits. Break yeah. bad habits. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you got to go over it with them his main thing with these switch rods you gotta slow it down slow motion no overhand casting
0: way slow yeah way slow, slow. motion way slow yeah. and that's always a common teaching point with with fly fishers especially like if you get like that hardcore dry fly guy or, right it's you know or light gear guy deal. yeah and they're out there and they're just like freaking whipping the crap out yeah. of it and it's like hey bro it's like do you have to let all this line out there and like you you have more line out there than you've ever you have more line on the water right now than you probably ever cast yeah it. like you know you got 80 feet of water or 80 feet of line sit out there you got to learn line management yeah. you know take a breath go nice and slow and we had a great example of that recently we had the the bobber clinic mm-hmm. and it was kind of oh, a, yeah it was great it was kind of a weird mix you had some guys that knew yeah and then you had some people
1: and, that have never caught a fish yep. on a fly rod never fly fished
0: yeah we had the one guy yeah first time fly fishing yeah. and on a lake
1: yep and like, i got a couple of fish and he, he was a couple of fish. He's, he's like i'm hooked now <laughs>
0: he's super pumped yeah. and then you, and we had some other guys that were like conventional anglers and they came yeah. out and they're like what the hell and it was funny like that morning you could see that learning curve in the morning totally you could see it's like these guys don't need to help them as much you know they're just working on their cast themselves yep. and then you get these other guys where you're like whoa 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 and you're constantly hand on the shoulder you know right. nope try that again nope and like nope, one of the nope. guys
1: was new to fly fishing and he brought out a single hand rod not mm-hmm. the best set up, beginner setup and he's like i want to use it and we had switch rods for him obviously yeah i'm like all right you know he let him fish with it for an hour or two and then i'm like why don't you try one of these switch rods mm-hmm. first guys he's like holy crap dude yeah
0: yeah he saw the light <laughs> yeah he saw the light but you know what the beautiful thing was at the end of that clinic because when you look down the line when we we're on the beach there you look down the line everyone was casting like a pro yeah basically like you, awesome. you would you wouldn't have known if you walked up on that beach at that point in time you had no idea that all those folks were in a clinic yeah there was early like, you know
1: 13 14 people yeah
0: and you watch him cast and the guy that was just completely foo foobarring it and crushing midges yeah. I lost a lot of midges that day. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah. Like, what? This was a good midge yesterday. Yeah. It had a lot of life left to it. it. But at the end of the day, they're doing great. Yeah. Nice roll cast. Then they, they get into a fish or two. They're stoked. They get it. And they walk away and they just wipe their hands clean. And they're like, man, I'm ready to do that again. You know? And yeah. I know a handful of those guys went out and bought switch rods and right all this after stuff. That. Right after that. probably three or four And they came them. out. I had one guy. Yeah. It was T. Hopefully T will listen to this. But T he went out, and he's one of the guys from uh, Sierra Gold. Okay, he, yeah. he went out, He came out next week, and I think he nailed, he sent me a picture. Next weekend, yeah. he nailed, like, it looked like between a 10 and 12 pound. I don't That's think he weighed it, but in his hands, I was like, heck, dude, hell yeah. it's crazy.
1: That's what it's all about. And he's just
0: like, dude, I nailed it on a midge yeah. on the bobber. And I'm like, <laughs> perfect, dude. Heck yeah. Now, now you're on your own. I yeah. Figure it out. You know, welcome to the game, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So with that, so he got the guide day. So, okay, we get him on the water. We get him started. You know, there, there's the fish thing happening. People are pumped up. They're getting pictures. They're stoked. Maybe it's their first freaking,
1: yeah,
0: first Lahontan cutthroat. You know, period. Yeah. Most people that've been trout fishing all their life, it's probably even the first fish. It could be a, yeah. a, a pocket-sized fish. It's still the biggest trout they ever caught in their life.
1: Yeah, and that's another super cool thing about you know me guiding Pyramid Lake mm-hmm. is you know most people's personal best trout, depending on the angler, obviously, but is maybe 20 inches
0: maybe maybe yeah
1: and it's awesome because pretty much every fish out here is 20 inches so it's awesome to just see the stoke someone catches you know a 10 pound fish or a 6 pound fish Mm. And they're absolutely thrilled. That's the biggest fish they've caught in their life.
0: Right. It's awesome. Right. And it's, it's and easy. then
1: and then they go catch a twenty pounder and they're just like, <laughs> almost passing out. <laughs>
0: right. Well, they kind of ruin themselves. That's the one. Yeah. Thing, that's one thing. It's like ruin yourself. Well, it's funny when people do that. It's they come fun. out and like some one of their first fish is just a monster. Yeah. And you're just like, man, and I'm, I'm so on, like, I'm totally pumped for him, but you're like, man, you just ruined yourself. Yeah. And what do you mean? And they're like, well, you know, I mean, you hit gold, yeah. you know, right away. Now you got to go and do it again and do right. it again. But regardless, whether they catch that, you know, maybe that first fish is a 24-inch. It's like, dude, I never would catch yeah. anything like this in the river. Some people
1: are just totally thrilled. Right. And, and we, especially, I get spoiled out here, but, you know, a 24-inch is a, pretty much, you know, a big, giant, you know, big trout anywhere trout. else in the world.
0: It's a lot of trout.
1: It's a very special fishery. Yeah. It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could tell you how spoiled we all get out here when we yeah. see like a twenty-four, and people are pumped on it. And you're like you're like looking around, going, "Am I missing something?" Yeah. Like, and then you realize, like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. no, it is a great no, fish." Yeah. You know, and you, you, right. and you stop and you take a look at it, and you're like, "Yeah, that is actually that's yeah. awesome." And you know, it took a lot of work for that fish to get to that size because yeah. most of them when they're coming into the lake, I mean, if you know, there, there's a few that are are wild. You know, when we kind of pick those out, a few, yeah. but they're not common at all. No. That's not the common catch. No, your common catch is going to be the summits. Right, you see a lot of the summits and you know and the pilots, which Mm -hmm. they are. I hate to use the word "farmed." They are stocked. You know, pretty
1: much. Yes. Yeah. Every fish in here is stocked. Mm -hmm. But they—that's just because they can't really naturally spawn. Right. But there, yes, there are fish that spawn naturally nowadays, and they're I think they're trying to build it back how it used to be because these fish, you know. Way back when, you know, they're you know, nineteen ten or whatever. Right. They used to go all the way to Tahoe and spawn naturally, and this lake was absolutely thriving. Just
0: yeah. Like well, I- you had you had a resident population, as far as I know, you had a resident population up there, and you had one down here. Yeah. And, and when high water comes, that's their signal because they could well, they mm-hmm. could breach you over go back down and go like do their thing, and then and the babies would kick around for a while until they're big enough, and then they just like a salmon.
1: Yep.
0: And they find their way back into their respective quote unquote ocean. Yep. Right, yeah, you know, Tahoe and and Pyramid are huge, fucking, would, huge, it, freaking it lakes. It would have been here. something
1: to fish back in the day like that. Crazy. <laughs> it would have been the same.
0: There was grizzlies back then. Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the That's last cool.
0: the last California grizzly went extinct and extinct and. Very very late eighteen hundreds. I think okay. it was the eighteen eighties or eighteen nineties. But can you think of, think about that? That's before right. that's before the truckie was. I bet
1: you there's grizzlies lined up on the trucky back in the dead then.
0: Yeah yeah. So you know in that spawning time, it'd be crazy to see something like that. I mean, what a crazy what a crazy thing to right. think about. Because I mean that makes sense. You know they would want to you know eat them and stuff yeah. like that and get you know chunked up and, no, and yeah. everything like that. It's just nuts and we don't have that now. No. You know it's just, that would be what a weird feeling like. I don't know if those ever came out here. I don't know. But that would suck. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, if they're still around, can you imagine just be on the beach and, like, somebody has to have, like, a shotgun or, right. like, a big caliber, heavy caliber freaking, like, an elephant yeah, gun, basically. Because Cali- the California Grizzly, according to history, was as big as it or not bigger than a Kodiak. Wow. Which is stupid. Well, it makes sense, though, because the environment is just prone, you know, they can eat a lot. Hibernation was a lot less, you know, and all that stuff, but just a crazy thought. Oh, so, yeah, we're backpedaling there. That's kind of a cool <laughs> thought. Just yeah. how, how, not that long ago, how wild this place was. Right. And And we're back to the spot now after the whole whole bit where the fish kind of, they went ex- extinct for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's back, yep. you know, in, in the form of the Pilot Peak. And then we got the summits as a as supplemental fish. That were are filling the gap for a long time. But now it's basically, you know, we're, we're in that spot where the, the fish is plentiful. Yeah. In my opinion, there's absolutely. a lot of fish in there.
1: I mean, I would say there's probably over a billion fish in here. I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but...
0: I don't know if there's a... Maybe there's prob- like a... Maybe, a, maybe a, a, probably a, not. A billion? Probably not a, a billion, billion. but there's a couple. Coal, a billion. No,
1: not a billion.
0: Maybe with bait fish. There's but, tons yeah. of bait fish but in there's, here.
1: Let's there's a lot of, lot of trout. You can say like, there's
0: millions safely. Yeah, millions. <laughs> millions. <laughs> but, but yeah. But, you know, but who knows who's counting, you know, because right. they know how much they put in each yeah. year and all that stuff. And
1: but, some years, didn't they stock like 700,000 a couple of years? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. I but
0: I don't know. And I think we're seeing that. I think we're noticing a little bit of a gap right now in some of those stocking yeah, years because we're totally. seeing. Right. We're some seeing, years
1: they stocked more than others.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're seeing size differentials now where. Don't get me wrong. We're still seeing big fish, yeah. But we see that fluctuate with the amount of big fish, because like, definitely. Cause and
1: this f- year for big, we've done pretty. We've done great for numbers this season. Mm-hmm. But the big fish are definitely fewer and far between. Right. And yes, we've caught a bunch of big fish, but right. compared to you know the past you know years. Well,
0: even it's like been la- slower. Yeah, even like fish. last year, I had back to back, yeah. to back to back, yeah. back big fish. Yeah. I'm still having great fish this year, right. but I see that that weight. That weight class for that common big fish has dipped down a little bit. Yeah. But that, at, in no shape or way or form is that depressing because all that means is within… Next year. Well, next you year know. you're going to see them bigger than the next, in the next right. year and the next year because, I mean, their growth rate is tremendous. Yeah. And and um, so what? regardless, you know, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of like that 8, 10, 12-pound mm-hmm. class. Yeah. It's crazy this year. Like you could catch yeah. them more frequently than not. You know, and then that 20 class, you're seeing them. You're seeing and we're, not, but, We got
1: one last week.
0: But we're not seeing... Cool you, know, that, you know what we're missing is we're not seeing like that. Like that. Well, four, four, you know, it?
1: Maybe 15 through maybe 18.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're not you know, seeing those as much.
1: Not as much this year.
0: Yeah. Not nearly. That's interesting. But that gap, like I said, it's going to get filled real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Mm-hmm. So, again, back to the guide trip. So, midday, and we're breaking for lunch, right? And you guys are... Hand preparing, you're making lunch, mm-hmm. like you or Trevor or Morgan, whatever 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 the client layout looks like. You're making lunch, you're always doing a hot lunch yep. you're on the grill. Always hot lunch. Always hot lunch in some form, whether it's a, a grilled chicken. Kebabs. Kebabs, I saw that. That's I know, a new I one. I like that. Yeah. That's a
1: new one. We're definitely bringing that back.
0: Right, right. That's good. Just make sure you cook the veggies all the way. Don't get anybody the shits. Uh-huh. And, then, <laughs> well. and, then, and then, not so worried about the meat, <laughs> yeah. the veggies. So yeah, you got the kebabs. You got all the different types of sausages. You do the burgers. You do the um, uh, you know the certified Piedmontese burgers. Little plug mm-hmm. for Sean. Those are mm-hmm. tasty burgers. Um, I say the chicken, and then brats. Yeah, the brats, jalapeno cheddar sausages, mm-hmm. bockwurst, all kinds of stuff that you guys have. Yeah. Um, sometimes maybe, tacos. Sometimes yeah. tacos. Sometimes you know the thing with tacos can't be too windy. I know. Yeah, you always, you know, so when you do the tacos, you have to have the backup plan. (laughs) You have to have the backup plan because you can have taco stuff everywhere. And then occasionally you'll do pooled pork. I know we're going to get some pooled pork out here soon. So that's always fun, you know. And and as the weather warms up, I think that that menu opens up a little bit more for more fun and and stuff like that because you definitely have longer days on the water, you know, and stuff like that. So it kind of takes on, even though the weather's still a little chilly, it still takes on more of a summer feel, you know, a little bit more sunshine on you. So a, a 55 degree day out here is. Awesome. Yeah, that's like it's, a it's been a lot
1: colder this year too. It's Last three chilly. days is was cold. It's chilly.
0: <laughs> it's been chilly. It's been chilly. The spring's gonna be good though. Yeah, we're already seeing it. The fish are in close. Yeah, that's all we care about. You know, so all that means is maybe we'll have a little bit of a prolonged, you know, fun spring season. Right.
1: And you know? I think yeah, I think the spawns, and this goes both ways. Like we're catching fish right now that are, you know, super colored up, looking like they're ready to spawn. But I feel like. The spawn's going to be put back a little bit, you mm. know, maybe a couple weeks mm. from last year, just because it's been a colder winter. Are
0: you, are you putting wagers on that?
1: No, no. This is my opinion, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do not know if there was
0: like an inside wager with everyone on that, like saying, Oh, I don't know." But yeah, but it has been colder than last year. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Water's colder. Yeah. I mean, obviously the the we've we've had incredible storm systems move yeah. through like just Way dude, just getting whomped man just boom boom boom, boom 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 yeah. boom just constant you know and you can still see it on the beaches i mean the beaches and the trails have dried up a little bit but there's still soft spots <laughs> you know what i mean so you could see the saturation levels pretty high
2: yeah
0: um so we're getting a lot of water which is good you know it's keeping those temps down and in control and then uh, i don't know
1: no I, lie, I like it mm-hmm. we needed the water
0: right right and the fish I mean it's crazy like the fish have been responding well mm-hmm. you know the summits have been doing they've been doing their thing you mm-hmm. know what summits do yep. but the but did I tell you how I feel about summits they're fun what? but they're just you know they're just kinda I don't know
1: they're, my client the other day, last week caught a legit 10 pound summit that's awesome that's a big cool summit see. that's a giant summit yeah you know, before the pilots got stocked back in here, like my dad fished it this like when he was my age, mm. a 12, 13 pound fish out here was your nowadays 20 plus pounder. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, 100%. So it's, it's cool to see those big summits. I was stoked and that was his first fish ever out here. First fish on the fly rod. And it was like, I was like dude i i haven't caught one this year that big you know a summit yeah strain fish
0: yeah the summits it was
1: legit 10 pounder and it was cool but they
0: are a blast yeah. and like when those summits move in they're, they're cool because they just they just oh they, they pack <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, but they're they're more they
1: super school they school up yeah
0: time. they're more of a pack fish than the freaking uh than pilots, the pilots yeah. are the pilots are a little bit more broken up yeah you know and the pilots i mean they do pack or pod um they do so in smaller groups, smaller groups, but wolf
1: packs, I call them. Yeah, 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 yeah like a, it is like a wolf pack. It is like a wolf
0: pack. Um but the pilots this year, all year have been just really really pissed off.
1: Y'all, especially with this cold water right now. Yeah. I mean, they're just my client today caught a probably a 12 pounder. Mm-hmm. almost took him into his back and just fired up.
0: No, I agree. I had I had a uh I had a 12er. Last week, the week before, mm-hmm. and I was solo on it. Like all oh, you guys yeah, were gone. Yeah, all you guys were gone, and I'm on my own device. And like he took Bobber down, and comes in, and I'm hand stripping him. I'm like, oh, I'm like, hey, it seems all right. I don't know. And then he starts getting in close, and then he, then he catches a glimpse of the shoreline. He sees a ladder and everything, Peace and then and then he gets <laughs> then he gets pissed, and he starts moving left, right, up and down, left, right, up and down. And I'm like, man, and it got to a point where I'm like. Man, did I foul hook this thing? It doesn't feel foul hook, but he's just, dude, there's just too much power behind it. Yeah. You know, and like, then I would get the passing glimpses of him where he'd go left and he'd go right. So he'd pass in front of me and I'd catch a glimpse and I'm like, well, he's decent size, but not like, what's going on here? And they just kept going and going and going. And then I have to let him out. Comes in too close and like I try to get his head above the water because usually like those pilots are summits.
1: Right. Once you, you get their head touching the surface, they lose their, their power.
0: Right. But this one, it wasn't no, happening. The, no, the thing was is the difficulty was getting his head up like I get it within right. inches and I'm pulling but you know your limits. Right. Well, especially when you have such a short lead on him and you're like, man, I don't have that much leash on him and I pull him up and I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to rip him off I'm going to break off put mm. too much on him. So you let him go again. And you get him close again and let him go again. And then finally get to the point where it's like you feel he's not losing the power and you just give him the full onion. You know, you just break him through. Like you catch him on that right pass, like where he starts kind of coming up and like you just take advantage of his momentum and you just freaking loop him up. Boom. Get his head above and just bag him. And in the bag, he's just freaking going batshit. And you're just like, what the hell? And it's like, you want to hold the thing? And he's just like, nope, 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 nope. He just pop the hook out and let him go. And he's bam. He's fired off. Boom gone i'm like wow I'm like these things i'm like i don't know what's in the water <laughs> right maybe well maybe yeah. there's something in the water but <laughs> they're nuts and you especially
1: know? this time of year and in october too mm-hmm. you'll see see them fight pretty hard mm-hmm. and especially though, like with the big big ones mm-hmm. they just like to lay on the bottom you know back forth they don't always go you know on huge runs everyone's asked me how much backing do i need to be on my reel I rarely go, you know, I've gone into my backing on a big fish maybe, you know, three or four times. Right. And that's because, you know, I do, you know, horse them. But you rarely need that much backing. Those big fish just sit on the bottom and go back and forth. Right. You know, most of the time.
0: Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you could always tell, too, like, I think. That's
1: big head shakes on those big ones. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's when you know you got them. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <What? but yeah. laughs>
0: I've seen a lot of those, and I've seen a lot of them get off on my account. Of yeah. Just like, what? Like, what? And a lot of them, some of the ones I've gone into have just been clean breaks. Just yeah. like they, you do that slow head whomp, like, womp, womp, yeah. womp, pow. And you're like, I dude, I had zero chance. Like, what was that? Like, right. how big was that fish? And you're like, damn it. You know, yeah, it's
1: well, probably a case of their teeth touching their, your line. These uh-huh. are toothy critters.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, they are super toothy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't make the mistake of sticking your hands in their mouth.
1: Yeah. You'll get cut.
0: You'll <laughs> get cut. You get cut, and keep your uh keep your digits out away from their from their gills. Yeah. I've seen it more than once. Oh, yeah. Keep keep your fingers out of there just for the fish's health, but. Mainly, it's for your health. I've seen people get sliced up pretty bad.
1: Oh, I've been sliced up pretty bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're
1: especially when you're stripping flies and he you swallows your beetle practically.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right, right. It's <laughs> that like, happens. It's like gills on a, uh, like gills on a pike. Yeah. You know, you're just like, stay away. Better have like your freaking cutting gloves on to handle that because yeah. it's gonna freaking it take your finger off. Totally. You know, I don't know if these will take your finger off, but it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a lot. So, and then, so after that you got the lunch thing, and then you finish out the day, and it's like rinse and repeat. So it's like every day. Boom, every day. Boom, boom. And you got a lot of gear management going on. Yep. You have, you know, if you're doing the ladders, you got all the ladders to manage. You got the food to manage, which is a daily thing. And then you have all the gear, or the tackle to manage. So basically, like with the rod and reels, you got to make sure they're good to go. Resetting, you know, resetting leaders if they're yep. gnarled up, and swivels, yep. and, and, and midges. And that probably has to be one of your biggest pains in the butt, is like during mid-season. Dying. Tie in midges because you can just I mean if you have a group of eight people
1: right
0: that means the group of eight people you have at least you you have 16 midges out there and and, and sometimes you lose some of those you get a break off or they wear and tear Mm -hmm. so you think about like the attrition rate of your midges it naturally is pretty high yeah it's naturally pretty high So guys, I know you guys in the guide house, you have tying stations Mm -hmm. and stuff set up, and it's just like that's got to be tough though. Like midway through season, you're like, man, I'm drowning, I'm dying on midges, and you're like trying to keep and
1: you're like, yeah,
0: guide midges here they come. Like, but
1: I just recently taught my girlfriend Riley how to tie flies. I noticed that I'm liking that. You're liking that. She's pretty damn good too. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, absolutely. I've been
1: using her flies the last couple weeks, and they've been killing it.
0: Nice. That's perfect. Well, it's good to have a helping hand like yeah. that. It's good to have a helping hand like that. So, guide life isn't easy. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, but it's a good thing that you're young mm-hmm. and you can, you can tolerate it. Yeah.
1: There's worse jobs out there. I love it. There's a lot of worse
0: jobs. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of worse jobs. I love Very it. familiar with that. Yeah. Very familiar with that. And with that being said, i love to segue to one of my favorite segments of the podcast. Hmm. You know what it is.
1: I don't have a favorite burrito.
0: See, I don't know how even like pre where's my producer at? Where's my producer? Uh, yeah, that's supposed to, that's like one of the pre you know, prerequisites to get on the show is having a favorite burrito. So, like I don't know how you slip through the cracks. But I'm, we'll not, get-
1: I'm not picky, I like all burritos, I guess. Oh, you like all burritos yeah. now? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you like all burritos. Yeah. You like all burritos. So have you had so if you like all burritos, mm. there has to be something that stands out. Like somewhere where you're like, dude, uh, like, for example, if I'm gonna, if you're going to go in Reno,
1: uh-huh.
0: is there a pick? You're like, dude, I feel like a burrito. Don't say Taco Bell, dude. <laughs> I <wasn't. laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's okay. You're young. You'll figure it out. We'll guide you. I don't, th- I don't we'll-
1: go out to eat very often. I live out at the lake. <laughs> you live at the lake.
0: <laughs> but you do go out to eat, so let's talk about that. So I'll pick your favorite burrito. You know what your favorite burrito oh, yeah. is? It's a carnitas burrito. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. I like carnitas.
0: You do like carnitas. Yeah. That's yeah, good. yeah. And and the way you do it is without keep the rice and beans out. If you want rice and beans, uh, get them on the side. Okay. Because you need you need the you need the purity uh, of the pork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need okay. to be one with the pork, right? Okay. And then you know a little bit of dressing, depending on where you go. There's a couple places in Reno and Carson that that have like authentic, yeah. carnitas burritos. And, you know, and they're dressed with like a little bit of like kind of like a pico de gallo in a way, but you know, onions, cilantro. Sometimes you'll find a little bit of tomato in there, just a little little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on who's making it, sometimes you'll throw a little guac on there, a little okay, bit, that a little bit. Good. Yeah, a little bit of that. And besides that, that's all you need. And then the tortillas are pretty authentic. I, know I say this over and over again in most of my podcasts, but they go with if you go to authentic Mexican places, the tortillas are almost transparent because of the amount of lard in mm. the tortilla. Okay. So when you combine that with uh, with the pork, like that fat and everything, kind of seeps through, so that you can almost you can almost see through it in a way, mm. like in a way. So you know you're on the right track. And then about a third of the way through eating the burrito, yeah. if <laughs> You have to make sure, like, if you're in a car, especially, you got to make sure you have that burrito wrapper, like, over your lap. (laughs) Over your lap. And then, and and like, for example, the last burrito I got, like, it had a foil wrapper, and then it had paper as well. So you want to position the foil and the paper in in a way that, you know, if you have to suddenly turn left or right, you know, like, something's happening, like, there's a situation outside, and and you're in the midst of a bite, and you have to look right, you don't want to... You don't want the drippings to like fall into your pants, right? Like okay. you got like the Kuyu pants, right? Yeah. You don't want the Kuyu <laughs> getting stained by the pork. <laughs> right? It is kind of a badge of honor, you know, most but, but I know you spend a little bit of money on those, so you want you want to keep them clean, yeah. right? So you want to avert disaster. But if you're getting that somewhat clear, it'll be like a it'll have a, a slight tint to it. Like a little bit maybe a rose tint okay you know so that's the good pork drippings because it's coming off that outside bark of the carnitas you know that caramelization mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so i'm just helping you out here <laughs> all
1: right so that, that's what <laughs> you know to try a, you gotta bring me one
0: i'll bring you one <laughs> yeah right. we'll, we'll have some out here next week and then and then it's just it's just a thing it's just a thing but i know what your favorites are i think hmm. i know you're a connoisseur of sushi yes yeah it's like stupid sushi, like yeah. it's funny like talk about sushi places and you start rattling stuff off and like you have these um like sushi menus like implanted in your head you're like <laughs> bro this place has this and this one doesn't have this but on a sushi level i mean what's your favorites like as far as I mean, not places but like what actual like i really
1: just like you know just normal nigiri right yellowtail probably my hamachi favorite. yeah
0: yeah okay that's probably I, my favorite that's like your favorite yeah how do you feel about the salmon I like salmon. It's all right? It's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tuna's good. Tuna, like yeah. Maguro. Yeah. All right. How about um, uh, the nagi which is the eel? Right. It's cooked. But that's, and
1: that's oh, I that's just like a so-so for me. I'll yeah. eat it, but it's yeah. not my favorite. If it's there, yeah, you'll go for it. Yeah.
0: But otherwise, like you probably wouldn't go out of your way to Take order it. Or Take leave it. it. Like, yeah. If it shows up, you'll right. eat it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah. Take it leave it. Yeah. And that, it is one of those common things, regardless of the sushi place, it kind of comes out the same. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's got some weird, maybe kind of like teriyaki, sticky sauce on it, Mm. and it's cooked.
1: Tunagi sauce.
0: There you go. And it, well, depends on where you go. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) depends on where you go. Um, Did we talk about Red Snapper? That's a good one. Have you tried that one?
1: I don't know about Red Snapper. It's worth it. And another thing is I've never been to like a super like bougie sushi place before. I don't know.
0: Yeah, even to good ones. There's great ones in Reno. There is. Yeah, and that's yeah. they're probably they're they're kind of more underrated than you would think. I mean, mm-hmm. Reno really isn't you uh, know too far of a proximity from the ocean, relatively yeah. speaking, no. for transportation I of mean, fish.
1: What five hours from the ocean? If that the coast, you know? if
0: if that, yeah. and, I mean, really, it's kind of relevant. Well, here's 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 a, a, a little known fact about sushi. People are like, oh, you're. Not, you're so far away from the ocean say so hey look look. If, if, if you know anything about fish you
1: can freeze it you know? well that's
0: the key that's the key so there's a lot of cases where people are like you know they'll, they'll do something sushi with their fish like on a fresh catch or something mm-hmm. you can do that but most sushi grade stuff is frozen yeah for a period of time and
1: you need it to be frozen correct
0: mm. or, well or no. so for 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 uh health consideration because right. if there's any that's parasites or anything in that's it you freeze it for let's say freeze it for let's say it's 14 days yeah and then you can cut into it you're good to go because it it eliminates it or drastically reduces yeah. the amount of parasites that that's what would heard. be in it you know you can go for it like straight out of the water go for it you know but that's how they do it so mm-hmm. when people say well it's not fresh it's like bro
3: doesn't no matter oh, so where we get it been it's been frozen right? dude yeah.
0: like what are you talking about yeah. you know and it is easy like to prepare like if you have like i got one sitting in my freezer right now i have an amachi loin and i have an ahi loin so you go in and when it's frozen you let slack just a little bit and then when you bring the knife to it when it's still kind of slightly frozen mm-hmm. it's it's a lot easier to to cut it up and you cut it up and you kind of let it slack out and you're ready to go i'm not a sushi chef right. like i can cut it but i'm not no pro it's cool it's fun i know it's, it's uh, i charity. won't call it easy but yeah. once you get into it, it's fun it's cool. pretty simple like in it you got to be careful because once you figure out how to do it you just be like going to the store and buying freaking hamachi loins and crap <laughs> yeah. and freaking rice and hamachi you're just freaking <laughs> sitting there whipping it up you yeah. know but it makes you appreciate when you go to the sushi places and get it so
1: yeah
0: there you go so sushi i know you have an affinity for the traeger yeah yeah. Love them. Yeah. Great. yeah. What do we work rocking here? We're rocking what is it? Just the, the Rangers. The Rangers. Yeah. I have scout. one too.
1: But and it's super cool is with I have a Tacoma. I can take it out for lunches and plug it back in the back in the back of my truck.
0: Dude, and it's great because it's awesome. it windproof, too. Yeah, you can totally. La- you can latch that lid and freaking yeah. let
1: it... And you can grill on it. I, You can get that thing up to 500 degrees and grill mm-hmm. burgers in five minutes on it.
0: Right. You know. Right. Super cool. Well, I think it's kind of... It's it's a nice piece to have in the, the guiding world because you can literally, like, walk away and say you want to do something ridiculous, like you you have something you want to cook for a little while. Mm-hmm. You go up there and start it at 9 o'clock and just let it yeah. slow cook, and then you're like, oh, crap, it's 12. You go up there, it's done.
1: Do it all the time, and you didn't
0: have to sit there and babysit. Excuse yep. me, you didn't have to babysit it, you know. No, you know, or you can just grill. Sometimes it's good, depending on the day. Sometimes it's nice to walk away, and just take a break.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, bring the clients around. Hey, we're yeah. just gonna cook this. Just hang out. Put because... a tri-tip
1: in there for two hours or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yep. Tri-tip
1: yep. sandwiches for lunch.
0: Tri-tip sandwiches. <laughs> See, that's one thing we left out—the tri-tip yeah. sandwiches. Tri-tip's fantastic. Yeah. It's so easy to prepare. Uh, you just yeah. slice it on the bias, throw it on some bread.
1: Just yeah.
0: Get out of here all right you're done yeah barbecue sauce you're good to go yeah (laughs) barbecue snot absolutely (laughs) absolutely so with that being said you're an awesome guide i hope i hope i think you're doing great man i'm not gonna say that myself
1: Uh, i don't want to be cocky or anything
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm saying you're an awesome guide it's awesome again that you're so young you're out here doing what you're doing we look forward to having you out here for a long time you know on the lake you know that's the plan I mean, as you keep going, it's just you're just going to get better and better,
1: yep.
0: and um, you just grow with the lake, you know, and, and you have that advantage of being out here for so long that you'll see these evolutionary cycles of the lake, mm-hmm. you know. So you might you start figuring out like I don't know, there might be segments where there's these six-year patterns or eight-year patterns or something, and you start catching these revolutions. You're like, oh, I know what it's going to do because back in whatever, da, 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 it did this, and you see the lake doing the same exact thing. You know how the fish are going to behave and what they're going to be on, and, yep. and all that stuff. And then you'll be like completely dialed on all the patterns and all that stuff. You know, maybe, I don't know. The midge patterns never seem to end. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's something different every year. It's, it's retarded. <laughs> like, you get so stoked. Like, that's the that's a, that's a scary thing but like tying in the off season. You're like, I'm going to tie all these up, and you get out right. there, and the like, dudes aren't even working, and yeah. I got like 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? So, with that being said, if anybody wants to book, with coal. you got to give us a call at PyramidFly 877-PFC-Flies, F-L-Y-S. I think that translates to seven three 35
1: Not sure.
0: Not sure, but I think so. Pretty much have it memorized. Go to PyramidFlyCo.com. pyramidflyco.co.com, Not company, PyramidFlyCo.com. And you can actually see your bio on there. The mm-hmm. whole team's bio yep. is on there. A so.
1: bunch of pictures everything.
0: Yeah, if you want to learn more and see pictures of, of Cole, you can do that. Or you can go to his Instagram. Yeah. I mean, he's got pictures up there of stuff. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Sometimes fish. Um, but, yeah. Yes. But if you want to book this March, I think you might be you might be kind of screwed.
1: Pretty booked, but there's still a few open dates. we
0: huh. have yeah. to
1: have you guys out.
0: Yeah yeah but book them any time of the year pre-season mid-season late season now you're kind of living out here yeah you can go do some boat work with them in late season that's a fun yeah
1: super fun go in jig. Water masters.
0: well in the water masters you can jig jig a little bit more shallower in the late yeah. season they're, and they're even close.
1: even indicators that time of year that's true we killed them last year in june may 13 feet of waters with with indicators nice freaking blast
0: that's awesome we can rope them nice awesome any parting words before we go
1: yeah, it was good talking with you, and I'm sorry I'm not the biggest podcast person, but...
0: You're doing excellent. <laughs> All right. Doing excellent. But it was fun. Awesome.
1: And if you want to come fish with me, let me know.
0: Awesome. All right, there you have it. And until next time, tight lines.
1: Bye. Let
2: me rock it. Let me catch You ready? Let me bone let me it. This is Alavan's Ancestor. Yo. Yo, what's You're up, back. son? What's
3: up, kid? What's going on, kid? Yo, man, I'm just doing my thing, now. man. Yo, two parts. You know how we move? Cash yeah. moves man, everything around me. Green, gets the money. Oh, dollar, dollar, billion. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shaolin land. A young dude, you're rocking the gold too. Getting to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking rules at 16. And running up in gates and doing it by high stakes. Making my way off fire skates. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the door off. Sticking up white boys on ball board courts. No better, same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route, so I got with a sick ass click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas, rolling in MPVs. Every week we make 40 G's Yo, nigga, respect my, a nigga to tech notch.
2: Selling drugs and such, who never had much Trying to get a clutch of what I could not Court <laughs> play me short now I face incarceration facing Incarcerations, pacing Throwing up states my destination Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us Life as a shorty shouldn't be so